0: Howdy! Welcome to the Managing Expectations Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me, as always, is my aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Howdy, Jeff. Good afternoon. This podcast is brought to you by Mrs. Winger Masks, the producer of fine and stylish and effective face and nose and mouth coverings. Uh more about Mrs. Winger masks later in the in the show. So Brian, uh I don't know if you uh well how you been?
1: Doing fine. Yeah. Uh you got snow right. on the ground up there? Uh we've got a little bit of snow in the shady spots, but most of it has melted away. It's pretty chilly today. It's about thirty five. Um
0: but, no, it's not uh, it's not warm here either. You'd think it was n- winter in North America, wouldn't you?
1: You'd think that, but yeah. it's not.
0: Right, because late uh, late fall is late fall. Yes, that's right. So the first day of winter is that the winter stol- solstice? I think so.
1: Sure. Nah, 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 that's
0: stupid. Like like late December is the earliest is is the beginning of winter.
1: Uh, That's a good question. Wh- wh- when does winter start? When does winter start for you? Uh,
0: as soon as I need uh, gloves.
1: You had on gloves earlier.
0: I did. I did, and I was waiting for you, and they were black leather gloves, and I was expecting you to make a comment like I was the bad guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> so, what shall we talk about? <laughs> he's
1: a pretty good. He's a pretty good villain. Uh, in that one, right until his
0: face gets melted off. Right. Well, that's you know they're always good it's villains how, until
1: their faces get melted off. Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. Uh huh. Um, no, I was I was thinking about uh, some bad O.J. joke, but I decided to keep it to myself.
0: Ooh, too soon, Brian. Too, too soon. soon. Yeah. Did you ever see uh, the People versus O.J. Simpson, with? Cuba Gooden Jr.
1: Um, you know, I I watched a little bit of it and uh, it seemed pretty good, but then I lost interest. I th- maybe I, I got distracted by something else.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty well done. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that the supporting characters were maybe stronger. Uh, what's her name? Sarah Paulson as Marsha Clark and um, Cross. What did I say? Clark. Okay, Marcia Cross. My name is Marcia Clark, and um, uh, what Sterling K. Brown is that his, the actor's name? Mm-hmm. Sterling yeah. Sterling Brown. Uh, he was uh, good as uh, Darden, and I didn't think. I I just thought all the supporting characters were terrific uh but oj cuba gooding jr as oj i didn't think was great just because they were similar different similarly but how do you i mean you know if you just you know how do you get an actor to play you know one of the greatest running backs in the history of the nfl who's like now past his prime but still you know good looking guy i I, for one thing i mean i think I think O.J. Simpson's actually quite a bit taller than Cuba Gooding Jr., so I just didn't yeah. buy it as well. I thought it was the weak spot, but it was it was a it was a good show. I don't know if it's still on Netflix. I think that's how I saw it.
1: Yeah, yeah, you could probably find it someplace. Uh, you're, you were right. Marcia Cross is the tall redhead who was in some soapy stuff for a while. That's that's right. That's right. I remember working with a
0: woman who just didn't care for her i'm like really why and she just couldn't put her finger on it she just didn't care for that marcia cross hmm. desperate hmm. housewives is i think the the name of the soapy show that you're thinking of never saw it uh i didn't see much of it yeah it seemed yeah
1: no, i was more I, of a cougar i was more of a cougar town guy <laughs>
0: Never seen that either. Just just to be clear. Can you imagine the uh the pitch to the studio heads? So Cougar Town is gonna to be like Desperate Housewives, only more fun. Only more wine and sex. <laughs> and a little bit of white trash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Green sounds light. good. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a check Here's for 30. thirteen episodes and let's see where it takes us. It had a decent run, didn't it? I think it was on for five or six seasons. I don't know. It was, you know, you know, uh, yeah, a couple of the people. So, like the ex, so Courtney Cox's ex-husband uh, had a had a uh, had a role in a show called Ascension, which was ostensibly about people living on a space station, but then it seemed to have like some lost, uh, the the series lost, not the plot mm-hmm. was lost, um, elements, uh, conspirator- con- con- conspiracy elements. And I, I don't know. I think I watched one or two episodes and I was out. And then the kid, Courtney Cox's kid in, in Cougar town, uh, when he, I don't know, when he was past puberty, he actually had, um, he was in an episode of Mad Men where he was a decision maker who took, who, uh, Joan Holloway took a meeting with. That was interesting. Hmm. No, not, I mean, it wasn't super interesting because I kept thinking, no, this is, I, I I didn't really buy him for one thing. He still seems like a kid. It's probably like, um, uh, okay a show that I absolutely positively never watched was two and a half men and then like the the half a man like you know was like 30 years old mm-hmm. by the time the show was finally canceled uh you know I don't I don't know that that kid will ever <laughs> get a I don't know that he'll have a Jason Bateman kind of career renaissance yeah, probably in his not. middle age but uh... what do I know angus t young or angus this is not, a, angus mcfadden right. maybe i don't know i'm just yeah angus young may be the who passed power away player recently. for acdc mm-hmm. oh did he die so what's so yeah. is there anybody from acdc uh it doesn't matter if there's anybody from acdc uh
1: <clears throat> cougar town ran for six seasons
0: Okay. Well, that seems like a lot.
1: That's a lot of... And the, th- that kid a lot. Um, who was in that episode of Mad Men, kind of the baby-faced guy, he was also in Easy A.
0: Mm-hmm. Did not see it, though I know you probably did because your wife is uh, kind of looks like Emma Stone's big sister. Yeah,
1: a little bit. She's heard that. She's, she's got that before.
0: Yeah. Well, and I know she likes that. Yeah. I I, I picture your wife more as a Gretchen Maul younger sister. Like Gretchen Maul's younger sister. That's good, too. Is how I would describe your wife. My wife is on a spectrum between Julie Andrews and her mother. But I... Th- <laughs> I think a lot of women uh, are, are going to be yeah. on a spectrum between <laughs> right. somebody and their mother.
1: Hey, uh, are we going to talk technologies today?
0: Oh, I'd be happy to because I am really looking at that Apple speaker pod, whatever that thing's called. They, I mean, it, okay, so like the little one is 100 bucks compared to like 30 bucks for the, the, the Google one. But, you know, I I, I really think that uh, Apple just makes such a clean, beautiful, well-functioning device. Uh, But I got to say, it seems like something that I want, but I don't need. Apple makes a lot of those things. (laughs) So, Brian, you you pay attention to a lot of this low-voltage stuff. You're, uh... you got it. Oh, Brian, can I get you to hang on for just a moment? Hello. Hello, darling. We are recording. Okay. That was Mrs. Winger. She's more on the Julie Andrews side of the scale right now. But it's adjustable. She could go in and put on, um... Contrasting patterns, and she would be more on her... Her mother, maybe we'll Chibagley stick to maybe we'll stick to technology. So anyway, we were talking. Maybe we will. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So, uh, so what? Uh, what are you thinking that you want but don't need that you are probably um, going to end up with?
1: I don't. Okay.
0: Or we could just you could just tell me about so the Apple speaker because I'm kind of interested.
1: The, the Apple Home Pod. Is interesting because obviously it's got Siri built into it um, it can play you know your iTunes well your music library from Apple you can play podcasts on it like this one if you so choose um,
0: <clears throat> because managing expectations is available on Apple podcasts as well as Google podcast uh, 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 Spotify and Podbeam, and so we're, we're are we still, still working, working on, on Stitcher, which is where a lot of people,
1: yeah, so yeah. okay, um, that's good. So it, it seems interesting and it gets pretty good reviews. I mean, people say the digital assistant part of it is so so, um, but the speaker quality, it's it's uh, it's the best as far as a, a smart smart speaker audio quality is concerned. So I think it's interesting. Um, You can set them up. You can get a pair of them and set them up as stereo speakers. They can pair together, uh, set it up next to your computer, and have it operate as your audio output for your computer, which is kind of cool.
0: Could you could you have the smaller ones through your house and have a Sonos like wireless sound system? Yeah,
1: yeah sure can. So um, could
0: you start in your living room listening to say rock and roll, and uh, then maybe have some country in uh, in the kitchen, and then uh, of course, <laughs> some very <Barry, laughs> some very white in the boudoir.
1: I'm glad that you. Added some Barry White because it started to sound like an Osmond song. <laughs> <And> <laughs>
0: what 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 was I saying that sounded like it was going to be the Osmonds?
1: Rock and roll in one part of the house and a little country.
0: Country in the other. Ah, uh, yeah, a little yeah. bit country. I, I see. I see. I was not doing that on purpose. Okay. So thanks for bringing that to everyone's attention. Uh, I mean, could you do that? Could you say uh, Siri? Play country playlist or whatever?
1: Yeah, sure could.
0: Okay, uh, that's interesting. Okay, so uh, I want to go back and, and, and it should be. Uh, can I ask you some specific questions or you just want to go?
1: Go ahead. All
0: right, I, I would like to stipulate uh, that I am not an early adopter of technology. I'm arguably the last person in America to get a CD player. I think I got a a CD boombox in like 1998, 99, something like that. You probably had one sooner, didn't you?
1: A CD boombox?
0: Okay, a CD player at all. This is like how, (laughs) like I didn't buy CDs. I mean, so like when when records went away for a while, I was buying cassettes. That doesn't seem like a sound investment.
1: So, I, I was on cassettes for a long time. And I think probably the late 90s is when I bought the, the Discman. Oh, okay. And wow. so, so, I had it you know, in my car. And then I had the cassette adapter that I would with that flimsy yeah. wire that plugged into my, uh, my Discman. Discman or Discman? Well, yeah. my dad would say Discman
0: but he probably also says spiderman my walkman <laughs> well you do say walkman anyhow do you, you don't say my sony walkman maybe maybe i do but you, but neither do you say the amazing Spider-Man. right okay so anyway
1: all right so my so quest- so, so it was it was the late 90s because i mean they were a hun- they were 100 bucks they were really expensive
0: well, they were on your Dairy Queen wages. Yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah, no. That but that's true. And the and and one of the things that I think you can say in favor of globalism is the fact that a lot of things that enhance our standard of living today, things that are taken for granted, uh, are available um, relatively inexpensively. Uh, you can get a huge television huge certainly by historical standards for whatever five six hundred bucks yeah and i mean I, I i mean maybe your your family had a a stereo you know, a tv stereo console where this had like a you know remember how heavy tvs used to be and tubes would go out. You'd have to like have a repairman come fix the tubes. I mean, and look arguably the disposable nature of consumer goods is probably not good for the planet for sure and probably not good for people. You know, it'd be nice to have a durable thing but anyway all I know is TVs are better than they've ever been. So, uh uh so, yeah, we can afford CD players not that you would want to uh so so these a, a thing that started at a hundred bucks you know became like you know twenty bucks right mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah um all right, so uh my television comes with sound. How about you? How about yours uh Of course, they all come with sound that's the point mm-hmm. uh, what do you do you have a sound bar? Do you have that thing that goes underneath? All right. So tell me about that. What What's that about? Okay.
1: So, um, in my previous career, as an audio video residential audio video, um, I I bought like a really great, which sound is something
0: construction workers do when they don't want to get dirty anymore.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Profit margins are way higher. <laughs> way. Way higher. So um, it's it's a it's a sound bar and it and it. I mean the thing is the thing is ten years old at this point, but it's great. So it's a it's a left center right uh, speaker. So it's got all three of those built into one bar. All three channels built into one bar.
0: Why is that better than having? Okay, so the
1: the Home Pod would take the place of that um I suppose that it could but I don't um, I don't think that it I don't think it can very easily Uh, the HomePod has a a power cable and I don't think it has any other inputs and so like if you're watching television um, like if you're watching something on your Apple TV
0: you would be able to pair it the same way you can pair your
1: yeah uh airpods yeah you probably could um but I, most people probably wouldn't do that they'd probably just use their tv speakers
0: okay okay uh i would i, I Okay, so by the way, in my living room, which isn't small, it's the biggest living room I've ever had, but my TV actually generates more than enough volume. Right. So, the sound bar does the, it the make
1: the clearer. Go ahead. Yeah, it makes for it. It makes for for a uh, bigger sound.
0: So, so we if, have is a, that important if you're watching audio, a video. Fireball movie? Yeah. But say say you lived so, with two women who insisted on watching uh, British period pieces with strong female leads. It's really not that important then, is it?
1: Well, uh, because obviously there's going to be a lot of dialogue in those movies. And so you want to make sure that the dialogue is clear and not being drowned out by the parlor music <laughs> that is accompanying it. <laughs>
0: Okay, so so the the HomePod
1: is the, the like Home three hundred bucks. Yeah, I think it's no. three hundred bucks, and I think that the HomePod is a secondary room audio source. I mean, it's not the one that you watch. You could, but it's not the one for watching movies or watching uh, TV with.
0: I but I thought that that's what Apple was hanging its hat on how how clear the sound was.
1: Yeah for listening to music or podcasts while you're in your office or while you're in your kitchen or. Okay. In your garage. I I actually,
0: I actually have some health concerns and I I think that Apple's aware of them too, because their health app is always nagging me, but uh, I'm a little concerned about, you know, having the uh, AirPods in frequently and then in turning them up to get over background noise or whatever and uh uh you know i don't know is that doing long term damage to my hearing
1: uh it could be so that's why you need to upgrade to the airpods pro that are noise canceling
0: hmm okay uh, as a matter of fact this episode of the managing expectations podcast is not brought to you by apple Though, I'd be happy to talk to them if they wanted to uh, think about sponsorship. Brian, who is this episode of uh, Managing Expectations brought to us by?
1: Uh, Just as Apple makes world-class electronics for consumer use, our sponsor, Mrs. Winger, makes world-class face coverings for anybody. Uh, Whether you're looking for uh, a certain pattern, a certain color, bottom line is, is that you want to look good and feel good while you're wearing a mask. So, mrswinger.com, get your safe, effective, and stylish masks at mrswinger.com. Thank you, Brian.
0: We're Managing Expectations is proud to be brought to you by mrswinger.com. Uh, so, okay, so do you have to, do you have to have the, oh, all right, so So, if it's not going to be your main living room sound system, why do you need the big one? Why can't you just get the two small ones?
1: Uh, I think it's just a matter of preference. Okay. Yeah. You can get the big one if you've got like a larger office or a larger space. And uh, the the big one's got probably a little bit deeper bass because that's because one of the things that apple i mean they
0: they really uh sell the the high quality of the sound right i mean Mm -hmm. audio purists have always complained about digital music they bellyache about the compression and stuff like that um you know i can just i can tell i mean you know the the guitar solo sounds good enough for me. I mean I'm not that I don't I, I can't do the math behind right. the music. So it, it you know, it's been fine with me. Um
1: do you use an Apple TV for most of your T V watching? I use an Apple T V for everything. Then then yeah, you get a um a home or a couple home minis. That'd be a, a great solution. The reason why I says it would it, it may not be the best thing for most people is because if you switch to your cable box, your satellite box, for instance, it's not going to play through, the, through those. Uh, if you switch to a DVD, DVD player, if you want to watch something uh, on, on Blu-ray or whatever, it's not going to play yeah. through those. So our first house
0: right that. that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get you. Uh, so so in the early aughts, the, our first house, we bought it in 2001. And it was a small house. It was uh, an, an old house, is like an old farmhouse that had actually been moved into the city. Um, but I um, put speakers in every room and hid the wires behind uh, crown molding. Uh, and it was really cool. You know, yeah. we like if we had people over we could pump music everywhere. And now, of course, you don't need to string wires anywhere to do that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah.
1: The company Sonos has been doing a great job of that for a really long time. And they, um, they developed an app that really worked well with iPhones and iPads. And I really thought, and I think a lot of people did too, is that Apple would eventually buy Sonos. Um, and integrate their you know their products with them and then it just it it their relationships seem to fall apart um and sonos still makes really good wireless products uh they've been doing a long time i've got an older sonos system in my house with a speaker and a, they call it a bridge that connects to my home network um it's really easy to use it sounds great um and uh, it was just too bad that that relationship didn't work out. And so and then, you know, Apple went their own way with their own HomePod product a couple of years back. So the th- what's the thing with Sonos? Do you have to pay a monthly fee to get
0: money or to get music through them?
1: No, no, they uh, it, it talks to my iTunes or my Apple Music library. OK. Um, and so I set it up on I have a desktop. Uh, application that works on my computer, and then I have an app for it on my phone too, and uh, so it plays well through that. Um, you know, Apple's big thing now is uh, oh, it's kind of like the screen, the screen mirroring, right? So whatever's on your phone, you can broadcast it up in one place or another. The, my version doesn't do that. I have to go through the app to uh, To get my music to play on there, I just can't just click on it and say, "No, I want you to just play on this speaker." So it's a little bit clunky, but the new, the newer ones do. Uh, that process is is uh, a newer Sonos system. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, and then, and then, of course, Amazon's got Alexa, and Google has uh, a speaker assistant. But both of those are more about. Uh, the digital assistants, right? I mean, it's not mm-hmm. really to to make for a better audio if you're watching a movie or or uh, listening to music, right? Right. I mean, it's just a smarter way to whatever make a list or do do certain things. So Yeah, you
1: could you can order you can order things through the Amazon Alexa, right? I mean, if you run out of coffee, you can you can tell it to place an order for co- for for coffee, right? And it'll be at your house. 24 hours
0: okay so that just sounds okay Uh, that that wouldn't sell me but okay so so amazon's trying to make it more convenient for you to buy coffee and other things what's google trying to do other than collect information about you in your house i think it's a similar thing is that they they but they don't but they don't have a store they don't have the the largest retail outlet in the world on the other end so what are they doing
1: no but they're but anytime somebody wants to find out an answer to something they have to go to google right and so that's their it's a data collection thing right? or duckduckgo or you could go to duckduckgo where you don't have to worry about who's listening and who's keeping track uh, but no google is it's it's data collection they want to find out your habits, and then they'll give you ads for it online. Do you know anyone who like gets their music
0: from Google? It nope. Yeah, uh, who owns Tidal? That that was a a Jay Z thing, right? Uh, uh,
1: it was a Jay Z thing, and it was you know the. Their gimmick was that you have a higher quality audio the way the artist intended it to oh. be. Oh.
0: They're um, selling the math.
1: Yeah. And then, but I think, did did, uh, did Spotify buy title?
0: Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think so. Why would they? Spotify is not the sort who buys stuff to eliminate the competition, and Spotify already has a pretty terrific product it's just that they're they're operating in a space where there are incredibly huge competitors for whom offering music service is just like an, a toss-off it's 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 not even important to them Amazon doesn't care if you listen to music through Apple music They care that you have Alexa throughout your house so that the next time you need dental floss you can say you know send me some dental floss yeah Uh, whereas Spotify actually and I I, I gotta tell you that their algorithm knocks me out I mean they can put together a playlist of stuff that I didn't even think of that's, that's both like awesome stuff that I already know about and also um things that I've never heard of, you know, Mm -hmm. it introduces me to music. That Taylor Swift has got feelings. (laughs) Big time. Yeah. What were you, so did you have something on title? Um,
1: so yeah, so Jay Z and a whole bunch of other artists bought it from some Norwegian company. Um, And then there was talk of him selling it to Sprint, but I I believe he still owns it now.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Now we know. Yeah.
0: Whereas he sold, he and Jimmy Iovine sold Beats to Apple. Uh, uh,
1: That was Dr. Dre.
0: I'm not really familiar with uh, the hip-hop artists, and I meant no. I'm really sorry. Different guy. Yep, of course it is. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not doctor. the sort of he's, guy who confuses- he's a doctor. I'm not the sort of guy who confuses Samuel L. Jackson and Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, I know exactly who they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, okay so you know 300 bucks for just a really good speaker doesn't necessarily sound that great however a couple hundred dollar speakers that will play you know
1: my music in any room in the house that sounds a little more appetizing to me yeah yeah, I think that the the HomePod Mini is probably the solution for most people. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about getting a pair. Okay.
0: All right. Uh, what um, What do you know about? Okay, so it turns out uh, I, I saw recently that video games is like a 160 billion dollar business
1: sounds so does it, right
0: does it really that didn't yeah so, so let's assume that your kids are a little a little more cultured than average certainly your daughter is um and uh uh do I mean essentially does everybody under a certain age just play video games
1: yes okay and and I think that that age is <clears throat> 55 that age is, that age is creeping up yeah yeah
0: yeah uh, there's a guy uh, a guy I work with is mm-hmm. I don't know I, I would put him at 45 or 50 he was he was actually a Marine he, he's, he's a former Marine uh I think he was in Yugoslavia in the 90s and he plays he's a he's a he's a dad and a country guy and he plays a surprising amount of video games I, I yeah I don't know. yeah okay so so let's spend a minute on this um so everybody under a certain age just plays video games. This is like what it's the replacement for Clue. Uh, uh, playing Monopoly on a Saturday night, the Car- we'll card f- card games. Really. Yeah. Well, it, card games have has always been something that old people would do, right? I mean, weren't you a kid and like the folks were playing cards and like you always wanted to play, but like no, because they were like playing a serious game of. Whatever hearts, I think my family played hearts.
1: Bunko is bunko a card game.
0: <laughs> um, is <laughs> that, that seems like the the bunko squad seems like the guys in New York who would like bust up the guys playing three card monty or something.
1: <laughs> right. <clears throat> so the the uh, according to a senior market analyst, analyst excuse me, uh, the global video game An analyst market, and, a, and a therapist. Right. It yeah. Does both. Uh, the global gaming market will generate 160 billion dollars in revenue in the year 2020.
0: Okay. Now is that that's. 2020 is also an exceptional year, and presumably, some of these people, if they could go outside, would do so, right? Probably, but I, you know, except for all the ways that we're turning into Aldous Huxley's Brave New World and we're just
1: numbing yeah. our brains to cope yeah. with the horror of existence. Right. I mean, so the the people who are in their 40s and early 50s are the ones who had an Atari, right? They grew up on some of the really early home consoles. How old are you saying? 40s and early 50s. Okay, that's...
0: uh, Okay. I mean... uh, Gen X, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, because... I mean, look. uh, Pong and then Atari... And I remember being a kid and, and playing Atari. There was... Um, and it's just unbelievable how simple the graphics were and how much fun those things were.
1: Yeah. Okay, but... So so do you remember those? Did you have that? Mm-hmm. Yep. I had a an, an Atari 2600 with the black plastic and fake wood grain on the front of it. Okay. And uh, I just... I, I thought that it was... I thought it was the coolest thing, with that joystick with the red button. It was. I mean, there's nothing that beat it. Uh, have
0: you have your kids ever seen one of those in action? No.
1: <laughs> no, we did get a, a a Nintendo classic. Okay. So so Nintendo a couple of years ago did that great thing where they released the their original. Uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, but they had like 50 games preloaded on it. And so it's a little, it's like the miniaturized version of their original gaming system. And it's got 50 games that are loaded on it and with the, with the old controllers and everything. And so you could buy them for like 50 bucks if you could find one. And so once all the hype died down, um, we got one and it has, you know, the original Super Mario Brothers and, some of those, uh, some of those old games on there. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I I asked because uh, some
0: years ago, uh, my wife and a friend of hers were going to a meeting and the friend, um, they asked me to sit the kids for a while. So I pull out the DVDs of, cause I I'd, I'd gotten some classic DVDs that I loved as a kid and they were just too cool for school. And so like I put in speed racer and you know, these are all kids who are like raised on Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. So that early anime, you know, of, of speed racer and just seemed, just it was just sad it was just like hick video cartoons and mm-hmm. you know i i look back and and like so i actually have some uh hanna-barbera uh discs that i loved as a kid and uh I, and i know you even remember like uh sna- um uh who's the character who was like uh exit stage left snaggletooth Was that Snaggletooth? Wasn't it? Was that his name? Snafflebit? No, that wasn't it. Uh, um, Because you actually still do an imitation of him, which is like about as obscure as a Burt Lancaster uh, imitation.
1: I'm leaving! Burt Lancaster even!
0: (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) So anyway, all that's just so uh, that's just so hokey compared uh, for the kids today, you know. But but um, when we had uh, a, a few years ago, when we had friends visit from Finland, uh, we kind of did this double. That you know, they had their kids with them, and the, the kids were a little older. But we watched the Jungle Book which was like the first movie I was taken to see as a kid. I think the second one was John Wayne, uh, true grit. Um, (laughs) and then, um, um, and then we watched brave, you know, the Scottish Emma Thompson and the, I don't know the, the, the little girl and the bear. Right. And, um, uh, our, our, our Finnish friend was like, yeah, I, I, I like Jungle Book better. She's, she said, I think that the others are like, so, they, what, what, how'd she put it? I mean, being, being Finnish, uh, she, you know, lacks uh, idiomatic nuance, you know, but essentially her position was, I think these modern movies make little kids anxious. Because, you Mm -hmm. know, there's like this big fight scene. And really, I mean, you think back about the kids' movies for the last, since Beauty and the Beast, which was kind of the Disney uh, uh, renaissance or rejuvenation, Mm -hmm. right? After some really bad movies, they, they got better. But the fight scenes were kind of upsetting. I mean, I think about The Little Mermaid and like the sea witch is like impaled.
1: That, that's kind of rough. Uh, uh, I would say that um, s- Sleeping Beauty t- t- scared the crap out of me as a kid. I s- I've seen it one time. <laughs>
0: and that well, was dude, enough. You know what? It's, Pinocchio is supposed to be really
1: grim, really it, it, dark. It is. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's some of that older Disney stuff. um, has got some pretty frightening stuff. I mean, the Snow White, the 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 witch in Snow White is pretty menacing, right? Is that Maleficent? Uh no, I think Maleficent is the one from Sleeping Beauty.
0: Okay. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Snow White, right? The Seven Dwarves and whatnot. Yeah. I don't know. I can't.
1: Yeah. I don't uh, Snagglepuss was his name, not Snaggletooth. Yeah, that would. I
0: apologize on behalf of managing expectations to all of our uh, orthodontally challenged listeners. But this is why you need a Mrs. Winger mask. Because if if you don't love your nose or your smile, you could be having a moment here in uh, 2020. So if you want to nail that stylish anesthesiologist look go no farther than mrs. winger uh, we were uh, talking about video games and everybody plays them but it's not social in the sense that you don't really have people over who will like all play together
1: you don't have you don't have to you don't have to
0: well like some people have friends and want to okay so we were comparing it to playing cards, you know, like our parents playing cards. Uh, and and I, I think that even among the kids now, there's been a resurgence in game night, right? When people will come over and they'll play. There's that, I don't know if they're still playing it, but it wasn't there something called pandemic or contagion or something where, uh, and, and what was interesting about that game, as it was put to me, was instead of being with comp in competition with other teams, it actually is a game that encourages cooperation, as you try to find a find a, a antidote or a, a vaccine for the the epidemic. It, have you not heard of this?
1: Mm-mm, I haven't heard of it. Okay.
0: Have you heard of Settlers of Catan? I have. Have you played it? no (laughs) okay but you know people your age who are having those sorts of game nights and playing that yeah yep uh and of course we have to we have to cast our memories further back back before the real pandemic to a time when people actually were in the same room together yeah so who knows how much things will change i'm just saying okay so so it sounds okay my problem with video games though is as they become more and more realistic it becomes it, it, it takes a step closer to being on the holodeck in star trek where star trek where you're actually inserting yourself into a movie like into a movie mm-hmm. you become the hero you're whatever indiana jones or luke skywalker or whatever you are Is that about right?
1: Yeah, that's about right.
0: Okay, so you either play that by yourself, a really solitary activity, or you're playing it with people online who could be presenting themselves
1: as something that they're really not. So with my kids, when they, um, it's rare that they play any video games by themselves. Okay. They will be online and they play with their friends. They've got four or five friends that that I know, um, you know, kids that I personally know that that they play with regularly. Um, and so I used to spend a lot of time. I would go up to the basketball course behind my house and I would shoot hoops. And sometimes I'd meet with a friend, and sometimes I wouldn't. So I'd just be there, and I just and I'd just spend a lot of time on the court. The kids. They don't need to leave the house if they want to spend time with their friends, Um, which has led to kids waiting longer to get their driver's license. Is that what that's about? I think so. I mean, that was the big thing for me is I wanted there were places I wanted to go. I wanted to be with my friends. I wanted to be out. The kids don't really. They don't need to to go anywhere to to get to things.
0: Hmm. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. And uh, uh, what Don Draper say? Change is neither good nor bad. It's just it just is. Right. Mm, I don't know. No, I think a lot of I think I think some change is good and some change is bad. But I don't know. You kind of got to roll with it because I mean, there's it, change is. I mean, it mm-hmm. things things change. Right. Human nature doesn't change though. And, and so a, a measure of being by yourself is, is fine, is good. And it's true that baseball is like the sport that you can hone your skills with and, and by yourself. You I mean you can't really do that with football or baseball?
1: Basketball, you meant to say. What did I say? Baseball.
0: Yeah, ba- I meant to say basketball, I apologize. You know it would be great is if we had some way to like edit that word out and just make it sound like I said
1: the right thing the whole time there's no way that technology has advanced fast enough to allow us to do that we'll give it ten years
0: yeah yeah that's about right <laughs> or not not that time has uh, what, what what is it you always say time is a flat surface or it's a time circular? is a flat.
1: Time is a flat circle. It is flat.
0: <laughs> time is a f- time is a flat surface. It's also a circular surface. It's a flat and circular surface. It's also a hard surface. That uh, uh, you. Just... It's hard. Time is hard. Time uh, is hard. Hard time is hard. Hard
1: time is hard.
0: Hard time. Ooh, it would be a good name for a podcast. If I didn't already have managing expectations, which is pretty bomb. Well, I think that this has maybe been the most guy episode ever, as we've just talked about uh, stuff that, um, and this is one of the one of the things that convinces me that. Um, Uh, Gender is not just a social construct; that it is there are in fact general aptitudes and interests. So, a guy could come into work on Monday and say, "Yeah, I spent the weekend setting up wireless speakers throughout my house," and and like the other guys would be like, "Oh, awesome! Tell me about it." Whereas I've yet to meet a woman who would say, yeah, I've set up wire, My I got totally seamless, wireless sound throughout my house.
1: What are you laughing? Uh, yeah, I've never heard. I've
0: never heard. Her, uh, oh, I know what you're doing right now. You're thinking of uh, a chick who's hot and totally chill. Is that what you're doing right now? Nope. Cause that's what it sounds like. That I mean, if I were just to go by else oh, So anyway, so um, uh, yeah. So I I um uh anyway. Uh, that's not that's neither here nor there I guess. But uh, I did have one other thing. Here, let me find. So I just finished this book and it was really good. It's by a guy named Thomas Ricks and it's a parallel biography of Churchill and George Orwell. Two guys who actually had a lot of differences, um, but a lot of things in common.
1: And who's who says we can't talk about things that would be interesting to females? Um well they're both British, uh Orwell and Churchill, so
0: uh I would think that um all of a sudden uh, your wife, your wife just got interested for the first time in 52 minutes. Uh, but anyway, you and I were talking uh, the other day about uh, the personality trait of uh, uh, the, fr- the first guy through the wall. There's that great scene at the end of Moneyball where the owner of the Red Sox is talking to Billy Bean and about how his way of seeing things and doing business is threatening the livelihood of guys who are entrenched in baseball. And, uh, the, the owner of the Red Sox says, um, the first guy through the wall always gets bloody. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so in, at the end of, uh, uh, this, this book by Thomas Ricks, uh, Churchill and Orwell, um, uh, said um, uh, we should remember that most of us most of the time do not welcome the voices of people like Orwell and Churchill appearing in our midst most of us when confronted with a crisis do not dive into the matter rather we practice avoidance this is really what appeasement was in the 1930s a way of not dealing with the matter or sidestepping some hard inevitable facts and then later on in this concluding uh, chapter, uh, he says uh, the accurate view will almost uh, the accurate view almost always will at first be a minority position. Those in power often want to divert people from the hard facts of a given matter, whether in Russia, Syria, or indeed at home. So, uh, uh, I. I I, I just, I, I read that and I thought of our conversation about the first guy through the wall. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, Churchill was, I mean, for for 30, in the 1930s, he was just in the political wilderness. I mean, he ba- he barely had a job. He was off, frequently broke. I mean, he, he lived like an aristocrat, but I mean, he was living well beyond his means. And nobody was listening to his warnings about the Nazis. And, um, in, you know, in Germany and, um, it's it unbelievable how, how the aristocracy in Britain was, they were kind of defeatist and they were like, well, we can't beat the Germans, so we might as well get with the Nazi thing. And so you had like, you know, like one of the, like at least two of the Mitford sisters like went full fascist and um um it was it was was just interesting and so uh churchill was anti-nazi uh orwell was anti-fascist but also kind of anti-aristocrat and and to a surprising degree surprising at least to me uh the the aristocracy just i mean they uh, you get the impression that they would have um like the French, made the best of a bad situation if it had come to that. But, mm-hmm. I don't know, didn't come to that. It was good, yeah, it was, it was good. a good book. Yeah, it was yeah. a good
1: book. So, was that the name of it, Churchill and Orwell? Is that the name of the book?
0: Yeah, Churchill and Orwell, uh, I think the, the fight for freedom. It seemed like a stretch to me. It seemed like a... Uh, um, um, a like it was forcing it like it was a contrivance because they were such different guys but they 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 did they, they uh, let's put it this way in the 30s and 40s both of them were left a an enduring body of work that strenuously advocates for freedom of thought for thre- freedom of belief which you know is is uh i don't know bedrock of democracy i suppose but i mean it's uh it's uh you know ultimately i i would say it's a it's god-given but um that doesn't seem to be the consensus view of most of the people over most of the time on earth so uh hmm. what a what a surprising moment and and you know and and we live in a time when these entrenched things are, are just under attack, you know, news. I mean, who do you, who do you listen to? Who do you trust? Uh, what, you know, what's really going on, you know? Uh, um, Oh, you know, the other thing, and I kind of, I kind of want to wrap this up. I want to spend a little time with my wife, not that spending, all afternoon with you isn't fantastic. Um, but, um, uh, Mrs. Winger and I just watched a movie called Mr. Jones. And that's not me being, uh, formal. Uh, it's called Mr. Jones. It's about a journalist who uncovered Stalin's famine of Ukraine in 1933. Hmm. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard is in it. I know that you're a you're a fan of the uh, Sarsgaard tribe, um, Peter. Peter seems to be letting himself go a little bit. It's not. I don't know. I don't know that he's the the sexiest one, uh, but uh, you know, because there's there's Sarsguards are a are a virile lot.
1: <laughs> there's a lot of them.
0: <laughs> I don't know how the Sarsguards work, but. Yeah. um uh uh but uh, uh it was terrific I mean it, I mean it wasn't terrific I mean it was a serious and, and you know uh it was a serious dramatic uh work that illuminated a horrible period in history and the, the you know the repercussions of just you know the the business dealings uh Stalin uh, stalin um needed to have something to sell the outside because the, everything that was said about the industrial might of the soviet union was essentially a lie they needed to have something to jumpstart it by At the height of the Cold War, Western economists said that the logic of the Soviet Union's economy was to build big machines to dig ore out of the ground to make big machines. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. uh, it's funny that we should start talking about uh, trivialities like better home speaker systems and cheap TVs uh, when... In other places, they just make big machines to crush you and to remind yeah. you how small you are before the state. Um, um, but what was interesting was actually George Orwell figures into this movie, Mr. Jones, and um, uh, you, you got to stay with it for a minute. But it, it was a, it was a good movie, very, very sobering, and uh, as I say, it helps bring the horror of the. Ukrainian famine. For those who who aren't familiar, um, so Ukraine uh, is is Slavic. It, it's distinct from Russia. It's 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 its own place. Ukrainian is similar to Russian but different. Uh, both of them have Eastern Orthodox religions, uh, but they're different. The Ukrainian church is ultimately different from the the Russian church, and both of them are different from the catholic church which was the western european power and at least until the reformation so the ukrainians uh were often contested between say like the empire of poland and the the russians and um, the germans didn't really get their momentum going until the uh, 20th century but boy they, they 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 started rolling so A few years, well, several years ago now, 93, Julene and I were in Ukraine, and it was really something to be in Kiev and to recognize that here is a piece of land that was going to be ruled by one of the worst monsters the world had ever seen. It was either going to be Stalin and the Soviets, or it was going to be Hitler and the the Nazis, and um, I think Kursk. The Battle of Kursk is still the greatest, in the sense of largest, tank battle ever on Earth. Um, okay, it's the, which is stupid. Of course it's on Earth. But I mean, in, in history, the, the, the hugest, um, it, it, as opposed to like Martian tank battles. Thanks. So it was the largest uh, armor clash. Uh, and I think that that's technically in Ukraine. The Russians have always viewed it, tend to view it as part of theirs. And the Ukrainians are, thanks very much, but we've had enough of you. And, and it's it's really still going on now. The Russians have invaded Crimea in the first place. And without anybody to slap their hand, they said, oh, well, that that felt so good. We're going to take some more of uh, eastern Ukraine. And so that's that's the situation. And... Human rights abuses in the Russian-held parts of Ukraine are pretty well documented. So Mm -hmm. uh, while the rest of us worry about mm, better speaker systems, there are actually people fighting for their lives in uh, Ukraine against the Russians again. All of which is, uh, uh, I don't know, It's, it's kind of an interesting... Uh, place interesting um, historical turning point, but it was part of the Soviet Union. It was part of the Russian Empire when World War One uh, ended, but it's like the it was like the breadbasket of the Soviet Union. It was black fertile soil, so uh, it would be like. The Russian Iowa, if Iowa kind of wanted to be separate, anyway, it was it was it was very uh, lush farmland, and uh, Stalin came in and took all the grain from the farmers who starved, and uh, so I mean, can you imagine starving Iowans because the men with guns went in and took all the food that they just harvested i mean it's it's stunning to to think about but uh stalin took the grain sold it to the rest of the world uh got hard currency uh to make the other things that he wanted to make like um guns and whatnot so that's uh that's how that went uh it was uh, an episode it was a historical episode of Man just oppressing his fellow man. I mean, it wasn't that it wasn't raining. They starved in an incredibly fertile place because of the wickedness of other men. So, yeah, that's Stalin. He was a he was just a big jerk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so nice uh, did you did you it looked like you looked like you had uh, a correction? Did I misspeak about the Ukrainian famine?
1: No, no. I, I was just looking up some things about the Battle of Kursk, and there's like 9,000 tanks on one side and 6,000 tanks on the other side. Yeah, it was between
0: the Red Army and the, 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 the Germans in World War II. So, yeah. just imagine a field big enough to hold, what would you say, six and nine? So 15,000 like trucks. So you're looking at a lot of geography if it's like there were like 15,000 pickup trucks, except these are like bigger and they shoot
1: bombs. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they weigh about four times as much. Yeah, yeah. I Do mean, just ma- imagine the sound and the earth shaking, right?
0: You know the no, uh, the the novelist Stephen Hunter, who I may have mentioned uh, from time to time, because he, uh, he's a very manly author. He he does guys and guns better than anybody, um, and he the best of his recent books, I would say, uh, it wasn't it wasn't great, but he does uh, have uh, a character who was involved in the Battle of Kursk uh, in a book called Sniper's Honor by Stephen Hunter. It was good. It was, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed that book. It uh, mm-hmm. came out probably in 2014. Hmm. Yeah, I can remember that. So, um, but just, you know, can just imagine, I mean, the tanks and fire, you know, for, for as far as the eye can see. I mean, it must yeah. have been dreadful.
1: Yeah, yeah pretty awful. Yep.
0: Yeah. Okay, so, um, anyway, no tank battles where I am today.
1: Nope, but maybe a couple of HomePod minis.
0: Eh, we'll see. I can probably wait till after the holiday, get them on open box or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, this has been episode number 38 of the Managing Expectations podcast. Uh, we are very happy that you spent some time with us. Uh, we think that this was a very good podcast but then we're always trying to manage your expectations so uh on behalf of uh, brian Grimm and myself we thank you very much we thank mrs winger.com uh, for uh, being a proud sponsor of the managing expectations podcast brian let's go to work let's go to work